Well, I think it's a process of grieving it. I mean, you know, regardless of the fact that you might choose to divorce, it's still a loss. Um, it's a, when you walk down the aisle, most people walk down the aisle expecting that you're going to live till you're, you know, old and gray. You're going to be sharing children and grandchildren. And, you know, you have all these plans for spending a lifetime together. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman shares her five common mistakes couples who are remarried often fall into. Stay tuned. Are you signed up for our free newsletter? Wait, you thought I was going to talk about the wine club again. Nope, not this week, as much as I love it. This week, I want you to visit hitchedmag.com and click the newsletter navigation link. There, you can share your email address, and we will give you all of the week's great content delivered to your inbox, including the most recent podcast. It's the easiest way to be proactive in your marriage. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the newsletter link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She has a new program out available on her website, drkarensherman.com, called Pillars for Partnership. It is a set of audio and video tools produced by Karen, so check that out. Uh, you know, we... We often give a ton of advice to newlyweds, um, and we don't give a lot of advice to people who are in their second marriage or about to remarry. And so while we know there there are a is a good percentage of couples that still divorce, unfortunately, uh, most do get, get remarried. Um, and like I said, we are quick to offer that advice to newlyweds. Uh, but I thought today would be a good time to talk to those people getting remarried or have just been remarried. Um, and, you know, we know that it didn't work or work out that first time. So I wanted to ask you, Karen, first, before we get into this, because we're going to talk about some of the, the, the common mistakes that are made. Uh, we'll, we'll dish out five of those. But I wanted to first start off by asking you, what do you think is the biggest mistake or the biggest piece of advice that you can give a couple that is about to get remarried or has just been remarried? I think it's the same advice that I give to people who have made mistakes or misjudgments in their own personal life. It's okay as long as you learn from it. So the first marriage didn't work out. Okay. At least learn from that first relationship and not do those same things again in this new relationship. Okay, so basically reflect upon what went wrong yep. and take something from it? Right, absolutely. Okay, so then let's let's talk about uh, what are the five common mistakes uh, that take place, you know, and we're, this isn't like a scientific breakdown for those listening. This is just, you know, just an observational thing that we're going to throw out here. So what, what do you think are, what, what is the first common mistake that you see couples who have been remarried make? 
Okay, so the first thing would be that they're still looking to their partner to be like, oh, I found a wonderful partner. Now I'm going to be happy. This partner is going to be so much better than my last partner, as opposed to realizing that what you have to bring to the marriage is you and you being a better partner. Um, You know, what is your responsibility in the marriage? What was your responsibility in the marriage? The last marriage didn't fall apart just because of everything your spouse did. Um, What was your role in it? And what can you do in this marriage to make sure that you're bringing your best game? I love that because you're right. Some, you know, we, a lot of people will think uh, this person is what is going to bring the happiness as opposed Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, this sort of like fulfillment of your relationship instead. Right. Um, you know, I want to say there might be a lot of people who are like, mm, I don't know if I want to listen to this episode in its entirety <laughs> because I'm not remarried. Um, mm-hmm. But as you gave that first answer, I was thinking, you know, this would be great uh, for those who ha- have stuck around this long into the episode because we do, you know, as you said, learn something from your first marriage when you get into your second marriage or you know, whatever subsequent marriage it might be for you. Uh, you know, it's good for those who are in their first marriage to hear these um, potential stumbling blocks so that they never have to go down that path. That's great, Steve. I agree. You and know? I think I think my next um, point is going to be equally uh, a, a good tool, not only if you're getting remarried, but back again into your first marriage. Okay, so uh, let's not keep them in suspense. What is number two? Number two is really, really learn good conflict management skills. Um, You know, maybe you didn't know how to do it the first time around, um, but there are lots of courses um, that teach you how to have good conflict management skills. Plug, shameless plug for myself. If you go from, from, go to, from fight to foreplay.com, from fight to foreplay.com all spelled out. I have a very um, intense, not intense, deep program um, teaching you different skills for all different types of um, situations that come up. But regardless of whether it's my program or somebody else's, we know from research that when you manage your conflicts well, you get along a lot better in your relationship. So whether you're in a first marriage, you need to know how to do it. Or if you're remarried and you didn't manage your conflicts well, please learn how to do it the second time around. That is a very important aspect to understand that Go, dealing with conflicts is a skill set that you can actually learn. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that like, well, that person was crazy and I can't, you know, I'm not going to learn anything from that. Uh, and one of the th- important things to know is that whenever you're dealing with conflict, there are two people involved at least, <laughs> and you can control how you handle your side of that conflict. Absolutely. Absolutely. And based on how you handle it, that is going to have a huge impact on how your mate responds back to you. Uh, action reaction might yes. that be the... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I had to get that plug in. Uh, and for those who are longtime listeners, they will get that joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So then uh, uh, what is number three of number common three? mistakes made? Okay. Is so you get married the second time and you're just spinning with happiness because the relief of getting out of that laborious, conflict-ridden, horrible, dreadful relationship and you have this great honeymoon period. 
But guess what happens? Eventually, that becomes humdrum as well. So just like in a first marriage, you've got to make sure you prioritize your relationship um, because, you know, life happens even in a second marriage. And so, you, you know, you're probably a little bit older and you may not have as many of the same kinds of stressors where you're first building your life and building your career. Um, but again, you know, it's, we're humans, life gets in the way. So just make sure to prioritize your relationship. Okay. Uh, and, and what would be number four then? Okay. Number four, this one is going to be not the same. Um, this one is where you've got to really take into account how you deal with the kids. Likely if it's a second marriage, each of you have kids and this starts to get really complicated because there's, a really fine balance you have to strike between your kids, my kids, how are you treating each of them, whether there's going to be any kind of rivalry that's going on, not just between the kids, but in my sense of you're prioritizing your kids over mine or you're prioritizing your kids over me. So there's really got to be a lot of attention paid in second marriages to the issue of the offspring. Now, is this something where, uh, you find that the there the each individual is having trouble communicating with the other person's kids or their own kids are having trouble adjusting to the new parental figure in the home yes and yes in the home yes and yes and a whole bunch more <laughs> um this just gets very, very difficult, you know, and it's going to depend on the age of the kids and it's going to depend on who's got custody. This is just a real ball of wax. And um, this should be talked about a lot before you actually marry and there should be structure and guidelines. Um, but this can be probably one of the most difficult challenges for couples getting remarried. Mm -hmm. And I'm also assuming there's a lot of conflict or potential conflict with uh, when there's custody issues of dealing oh, yeah. with the ex all the time and uh, the relationship between the new spouse and the ex. Well, um, you brought me to point stuff. number five. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So point number five, and, and this is a, a, a double whammy about the ex. Okay. Number one, what you don't want to be doing is spending a lot of negative energy talking about your ex. You know, initially, of course, um, you're going to be explaining why you're not with your ex anymore, but it starts to really uh, be that you're belaboring the point. I mean, how much do you want to talk about your ex? How much anger do you want to bring into the relationship? Let it go. You know, um, you're in a new relationship, enjoy your new relationship. So you don't really want to be bringing this other person into your new household, so to speak. The second part of the X factor is that um, you've got to set up boundaries. Um, so let's say that the ex, let's say it's a female, um, hasn't remarried and she got custody of the house. So all of a sudden there's a flood in the basement and she calls the husband and he goes running. Well, that's very nice. But if that happens too much, eventually the new wife says, you know, what, what's with this relationship? Why is it that you're always running over there? Why are you always helping and everything? So you've got to be careful about exactly what the boundaries are with the um, former spouse and, you know, how much they're going to be a part of, you know, your involvement 
in your new life as far as caretaking and, you know, watching out for the other person. Mm -hmm. To me, it almost sounds like there's a certain finality to that relationship that needs to be established. Yes. So you have to, like you mentioned, you have to stop talking about it. And I think about, and, and, you know, I always drop my sports analogies. Um, In sports, they like to talk about having a short memory. You know, whatever mm. happened in the last play, just forget about it, move on, move forward, because otherwise you're going to ruin your next play mm. if, if you can't forget about the last one. Mm. And so I think about that a little bit on this. Um, and then setting up the boundaries, it almost seems like, you know, if if you don't have those boundaries set up, that you might be holding on to a little something that is unhealthy to the new relationship. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, some people, some therapists might go as far as to say, if you're still, you know, angry and, and uh, caught up in that, maybe you haven't really let go of that last relationship. Now, is there a way to cleave that little last bit? Um, Because, you know, not knowing how long somebody has been together. I mean, we might be talking about a couple that spent a couple decades together uh, Mm -hmm. because we know divorces uh, hit a, a high point. Uh, when they become uh, empty nesters. So -hmm. that means the kids have gone for 18 years. That means they've been together close to at least two decades at minimum. Uh, So that would be a hard thing to just sever ties at that point. So, you know, do you have any tips on how you could like make that separation and establish those boundaries and you've been so close for so long? Well, I think it's a process of grieving it. I mean, you know, regardless of the fact that you might choose to divorce, it's still a loss. Um, it's a, when you walk down the aisle, most people walk down the aisle expecting that you're going to live till you're, you know, old and gray. You're going to sh- be sharing children and grandchildren. And, you know, you have all these plans for spending a lifetime together. And that is now not going to happen. And so it's a loss. Um, And again, even though um, you decided that you want to end the marriage because it's, you're going to be better off without one another, you still have to grieve that expectation. And I think that if you don't allow that process to happen, it makes it harder to do. Now, the other thing I'm going to say is that if there is anger that continues and you can't let go, my guess, of course, this is the way I look at things psychologically is that it may even be triggering some other issues from your childhood. So that might take a little bit more individual work. In other words, it's not even really necessarily about um, the marital partner, the ex, but it may stem back to some childhood issues where there was some abandonment or feelings of rejection or whatever. And that's what they're really not letting go of. Mm, Okay. And, um, you know, this almost brings it back to the very beginning of what you said about learning from your first marriage. But I'm also assuming that um, if you're able to go through that grieving process, and as you mentioned, there might be a few things that you're holding on to or whatnot that you have to work through, that would make you a better uh, spouse the second go around. I would hope so. Yeah. You know, because I think if you go through that grieving process, you have to reflect on uh, why are you holding on to something or why is something still making you so angry? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're able to look inward and address those issues, hopefully that would be something that wouldn't um, resurface the second time around. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're absolutely right, Steve. You know, if something hasn't been dealt with, then it's going to come up again and again. So, I mean, if we go along with what I just said, 
hypothetically, the new wife, let's say, um, goes on a trip. She's got a business trip to go on. And all of a sudden, that issue comes up again. That feeling of abandonment comes up again. So now there it is. It's in the second marriage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I mean, this almost seems like an obvious statistic, um, and I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I do know that um, couples who divorce and remarry are more likely to divorce again yeah. than those who are married just the first time. And I think to your point of what we're talking about is those couples who divorce uh, the first time, uh, too many of them, I will say, don't learn the lessons from that first uh, marriage. And so therefore, they're more likely to repeat the same mistakes a second time. So th- I would I would agree with you, but I'm going to interject something else as well, which may and, and I don't remember ever reading any studies with an explanation of why I think that most um, statements that are made say exactly what you did, that they haven't learned from the first time and they make the same mistakes the second time. And so therefore, you know, the second marriage ends up not being, um, you know, uh, with a, a good solid connection as well. I think the other possibility is that if you are the kind of person who is willing to, um, get divorced, um, not, let's say not as afraid to get divorced because divorce is scary that one, if you are that type of person, you are not as hesitant to, to do it the second time either. You know, you're more of a, for lack of a better word right now, you're more of a risk taker. Um, you, you are not as uncomfortable going out on your own. So if you've done that once, you're not as afraid to do it a second time. No, that actually makes great sense. I mean, it's it's um, the option is more available to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I've actually hadn't heard that thought before, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you're right. Like I haven't seen um, any statistical breakdown as to why second marriages fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that your reasoning sounds as good as any I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to get kind of go through the list really quick here, just to give everybody a quick reminder before we uh, boot out of here. Um, okay, so the five common mistakes uh, you you think for couples getting remarried or have just been remarried. Um, one is couples uh, look to their new spouse for their happiness, um, whereas they need to look. Uh, more to themselves for what makes them happy. Number two, uh, f- learn conflict management skills. Number three, uh, being able to prioritize your marriage. Uh, number four, dealing with kids. And number five, uh, don't spend a lot of time talking about your spouse, or I'm sorry, talking about your ex uh, and setting up boundaries with your ex as well. Yes. Okay. And and um, to kick kicking it back to the very first point you made, which is learn from your previous relationship. Don't ignore yes. what happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add to this conversation? Um, no, I don't think no? so. Um, right. I, again, I I think. To me, I think of all of those, the most complicated one is the kids issue um, because there are so many different people involved. Um, 
you know, and so many, shall we say, different cultures involved, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the way they each have been brought up and whatever. So I think that that is the one that you really need to pay um, special attention to. Yeah. And it also ties together. I think ki you're right. Kids make it especially tricky because if there are no kids involved, making that split is pretty, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's obviously it's much easier because there's a lot less moving parts. Mm -hmm. um, and when there are kids involved, not only are you dealing with your ex, but there's, there's friends and cohorts that you've dealt with and there's you know, music classes and sports lessons and all sorts of things, um, social circles that you have to deal with that go much uh, further than if you didn't have um, kids tying you together for any length of time. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that will do it for us this week, Karen. So thank you so much for your time and this fantastic advice. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I want to remind everybody again. First, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments and ratings and everything else. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, and I want to take this time to thank Karen by letting you know that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, uh, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com, where you can also find her new program called Pillars for Partnership. It is an audio and video tool set. Uh, and as Karen mentioned during the episode, she also has a great tool for conflict management called From Fight to Foreplay. And you can get that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. If you have any questions, if you uh, have any recommendations, you can always reach us through uh, email. We have a, an email button on our newsletter page. Uh, there's also the contact page on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, we are on all the social platforms, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, Google+, you name it, Twitter, uh, huge on Twitter. Uh, so uh, shoot us a DM if you'd like or a Facebook message uh, or any of that stuff. And uh, be sure to share it with your friends and family if you uh, like what you hear here. And uh, we always appreciate it. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. On top of the world tonight.